don't think so, but I think I'll take another cactus. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, that joke is really pointed. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, welcome, welcome to our first episode of Screen Fix in 2018. We made, we made it. it. We made it this far. Is this the start of season two? Is this season two of Double Screen dose. Fix? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for joining us. I uh, hope you guys had a great uh, uh, new year. I hope you made some good uh, resolutions. Uh, my resolutions are to uh, make a better effort to be nice to strangers uh, to eat less carbohydrates <laughs> and to stop urinating in public that's those are my those are my three those are my three you might uh, want to adjust do, the do, order of priority on those ah, <laughs> it's true uh, do you have any uh, uh, resolutions Katie the lady one one of my co-hosts yeah um, I've got a bunch that way if I keep you know any of them I've improved a little bit but ironically one of them is no screens during dinner despite being a screen fixer dinner time means no screens <laughs> so that's been going okay so yeah oh man <laughs> good do you usually pull out the phone when there's awkward silence no. or like the middle of when people are talking or like like literally in the middle of when you're eating and you get like spaghetti sauce on your screen. And... <laughs> Do you eat spaghetti? You probably don't. Uh, you're gluten free. squash, yeah. All right. When you're eating your zoodles, <laughs> you get some... <laughs> you get some sauce on your on your screen. How much food has made it onto your screen? Um uh yeah, like today I got pizza sauce on it. <laughs> Gluten-free pizza. <laughs> Thank you Domino's. Um, yeah, that happened <laughs> like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh Greg, <laughs> how about you? Did you do you have any resolutions for this year? Yeah, I think mine are pretty the typical for the first part of them, exercising more, eating better. Uh, but yeah, like much like Lady Ones, I want to have my phone not glued to my hand so much. So I want to minimize the amount of time I have that. And I've actually got some goals in mind for writing music and poetry and Ooh. and reading reading more. Oh, yeah, you are a prolific writer. You need to keep on doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we know we do. Yeah, you do your local coffee house stuff. Uh, we and we all know about your. Uh, insane uh impressionist comedy <laughs> yes of course i have to do that still and yet to do that. it and like uh, an open mic but yeah. at some and, point and, and and there's your old acting days mm, much <laughs> it brings so, me back all right all right resolutions um so yeah uh new year's was good uh and i am looking forward to this year fresh start fresh 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 shart that is <laughs> no. what the hell is that yeah apparently i'm not off to a fresh i am not off to a fresh start <laughs> apparently i can't even get off to a fresh start so new year screen fix let's we're going to have a new format we're going to give you a little bit of quick movie news then we're going to hit you with an actual screen we're going to give you your your movie news fix as in your like drugs. Uh, and then we're going to do a screen fix, which means we're going to take a film that's out and we're going to give you ways to improve on that, that, that film. Not necessarily a bad film. It could be a pretty good film, but ways that we can make a film better because we always end up doing that anyway. We end up giving our screen fixes. So 
let's go ahead and use our fix in both ways. I don't know. I feel like I said that the worst way possible. <laughs> Nobody understands that. I anyway, get it. I got it. The new format is a little bit of movie news, a lot of screen fixing. Mm-hmm. There you go. Right. Movie fixing. And uh, let's go ahead and start off our first topic here, Ryan Johnson. We actually talked a bit about in our Last Jedi episode, bonus episode, bonus, um, <laughs> about ray and about how ray's parentage is just kind of thrown away she's nobody i actually think lady one was like no you set her up to be something mm-hmm. we didn't do that yeah you made us have expectations and then you just threw them away and the thing is like that whole movie did that kind of like the things that we were set up and we were expecting the thing is we don't want everything to pay off the way we expect it but there's some things that we definitely want to pay off the way that we are led to believe that they will mm-hmm. i mean the surprise isn't, haha, gotcha, they're nobody. The surprise should be like, oh, that's an inch. Oh, th- yeah. It's not this. She's not these people's parents. She's these people's parents. There's no oh, okay. knock like, knock joke where nobody's at the door. That's, that's <laughs> not how it works. Yeah, that joke sucks. And for <laughs> that's some the reason, worst joke. <laughs> Last Jedi gave us the knock knock joke. Who's there? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. who? Nobody who, and they dead now. That's it. They're not even going to show up <laughs> so, later. They're dead. Like, ugh. Mad. Uh, so, so Ryan Johnson has said that you know maybe Ray is for uh, maybe Ray's parents are somebody. Who's to say? <laughs> somebody else is writing it now. <laughs> Hands washing mm-hmm. done. I'm out. I'm off to my separate trilogy that is gonna have weird force powers. I'm sure, <laughs> and super Superman flying people and people disappearing and hologramming and essentially becoming superheroes that's 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 what ryan johnson is gonna go do but i actually feel as if ryan johnson and this this fits i think with that he didn't make a second movie he didn't make a middle movie Uh he made a middle movie and an end movie and then handed it back off to jj yeah he did what he wanted with all of jj's things took them to their conclusion and other than being like some of them escape in a ship. He really got rid of some of the things that JJ started, kind of threw things out that he didn't want to deal with, kind of tidied the story up and then gave it right back to JJ. And I feel like this is just him almost like admitting that, that, you know, you know I, I gave you, you know, even though I gave you like a middle and an end, I gave you something that was uh, ambiguous enough that JJ could come and change it or I don't know. Yeah. Is that something that we can assume is going to keep happening with more movies, different directorship, different co-writing with leave certain, you know, blanks left to tidy up later? I mean, is that something that we can expect to keep seeing more of in the future as this saga goes on and on and on? Well, you know what? This this happens with stories that are constantly written by different people. Mm-hmm. It's like Thor movies that I always bring up because <laughs> <laughs> the any like loose any ending of a thor movie in the marvel universe is immediately thrown away in the in the in the next movie it's because somebody else is now writing it and just doesn't want to deal yeah. with that and right. this star wars movie the first one this second one was written by ryan so mm-hmm. i feel like this happens when you have movies that are constantly be written by different people these trilogies whereas if this whole trilogy w- would have been written by the same person or team of people I feel like they wouldn't be left off with so much. Here you go. Gave you a baton of stuff. Yeah, do what yeah. you want to do with it. I feel like that's kind of a a 
bad thing about this type of storytelling. The good news is that with each story, you get someone's new, fresh take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you also you lose the big picture. Almost, you lose the big picture. Yeah, making an attempt to make something very defining about their interpretation of this storyline and to and to take you know these hard you know turns yeah i i think there's a good and bad katie do you have a take on it it's frustrating as a fan to just have it sort of be somebody's project for a minute like people love these movies there's like more than one generation now has grown up on these movies so to just be like oh i did my version of it your turn <laughs> it's kind of like what yeah. like Hot potato. Just, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe as fans we're taking it too seriously, but I mean if we didn't take it that seriously, they wouldn't be as successful as they are. So like, come on, do a little fan service. Sure, sure. Don't don't yeah. just hacky sack Star Wars. Right. And it, and it's like uh episodes four, five, and six do have different directors, but Lucas is always right there with the story. Right. So you've got that through line. Mm-hmm. And then of course Lucas directed Anna wrote the prequels so those are all have a very consistent through line these ones are different and they feel different and there is something very in a way uh disjointed about it and you knew it from the moment that luke was given the lightsaber and he threw it over his shoulder yeah that was almost like screw what jj did this is ryan's movie like that's what that said yeah, for mm, sure. That yeah, was you point. can tell that was immediately a different shift and this is not the same person who was running the camera from when you saw it end in Force Awakens to when you saw it start in Last Jedi. Like it couldn't have felt more different. And I I guess I appreciate that he started it on that note, so we weren't like forty five minutes in going, Oh wait, this is totally different. Yeah, but it is still frustrating. Mm-hmm. You were talking, Katie, about like uh fans have been with this series for a long time. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, Jojo at Jump P ninety five says at Screenfix Pod hey, about the Last Jedi. <laughs> why didn't y'all mention the reunion between Luke and R two D two? That was very emotional to older fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she's right. We didn't really mention that, and I think R two D two has been very marginalized in these films in favor of BB eight, which makes sense to have yeah. a new droid and it's a new series. I think the R2-D2 and Luke reunion could have been a little bigger. You know, he did have that uh, instrumental to the plot mm-hmm. uh, showing of the uh, the Princess Leia, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you are our only hope, hologram, which essentially changed his mind. Yeah. I mean, still didn't he still didn't leave <laughs> with her, so it didn't <laughs> change his mind that much. Yeah, but he but, still kind of downplayed it with a little bit of like levity, like, oh, that was a low blow. Right. <laughs> For and a it's moving, almost like, you know, kind of reunion, you, you would hope it would have had a little bit more emotion or evocative kind of nature to it. Yeah, there just wasn't much of a reunion with Chewbacca or RTD2 or, you know, these people that he's known for so long and has essentially gone to war with. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, Chewbacca was like hanging out outside and like <laughs> eating uh, porgs. Eating. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Was he eating porgs or was that some other kind of space chicken? And the porgs were like. He was definitely eating porgs. Did you see their cute little faces when they watched him? They were so sad. They were super. Wookiee's got to eat. Do you think it was it was purposeful that porg was so similar to pork? (laughs) 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 No, they're um, it's friends, not food. Come on, Chewbacca. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, so. I didn't think the reunion, it was a great 
moment. I feel like R2-D2 probably needed about one more. Yeah, there could have been a little more with him. Yeah, to be relevant to the story. And even in the in the first one, he was just this, he was shut off for the, yeah. <laughs> for the whole movie. He like was barely there. He's just like become this like plot kind of like we need the we need this thing to change a character's uh, motivation or to send the plot in a new direction device is RTD2 now. RTD2 famously was George Lucas's uh, favorite character. Yeah. And he made sure that at least once a film, RTD2 saved the day. So if you go back and watch those movies, once every movie, R2-D2 saves them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and hence why BB-8 was you know, led to do that with his little BB-8 headbutt. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're bringing in that, that he's saving the day at his own saved, cost yeah. of, of machinery and repairs. BB-8 is taking control of <laughs> ATST walkers and blowing mofos away. Oh, That's yeah. he's, and, he's following in R2's... Like, Treadmarks, whatever those are. Yeah, yeah, we were kind of lacking on the droid talk in the last episode with the dark BB-8. That was something. Maybe yeah. he's B BB-187. <laughs> is that is that the um, uh, police brutality or something? That's the homicide one. Oh, okay, okay. That's the worst joke I may have ever made in my entire life. It's not the best. It's not <laughs> not the best. Not your best work. <laughs> So anyway, R2-D2 kind of, you know, when the plot needs him to show up, he shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, uh, BB-8 really is now the, the R2-D2. For sure. But yeah, we totally missed that one. Thank you, we, JoJo, yeah, yeah. for sending us that tweet and hope that we addressed it to your liking. If <laughs> not, tweet us again and tell us how dumb we are. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up is, so there's this uh, Bruce Willis <sighs> Death Wish remake that's coming out. Of course, a remake of the um, Charles Bronson guy takes vengeance on all of the neighborhood's thugs <laughs> movie. This one directed by Eli Roth. Ooh. Right, so it's probably going to have a level of uh, brutality. It's going to be graphic. Yeah. Right, it's I mean, going to be graphic. It's going to make you go Ugh, like more than once. Did we think Eli Roth was going to be a bigger director than he is? I think he thought he was. Yeah, I think he did too. Um, but we we don't know just yet. But yeah, so when we see him in movies where he shows up, like in like Death Proof uh, and in Inglorious Bastards as uh, Sergeant Donnie Donowitz. Yeah, we're like... The Bern Juden. The Bern Juden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're led to believe that he's more than just like his character, you know, funny self, because he usually has a level of humor to his character roles, uh, whether it's egotistical or whether it's just maniacal. Uh, but when he directed Hostel, he directed Nation's Pride and in, in the actual Inglorious Bastards, and he's doing more horror-driven stuff. I think with a movie like this, you know, with uh, Death Wish, he's kind of trying to bounce back out. Maybe, maybe do something more, I don't know, diehardish. Because don't y'all think this is this seems like kind of Doctor Diehard in a way? Because it's it's John well, McClane with a gun. Again, yes. Kind of, except much more gra- graphically violent. Like it's yeah. not going to be like a fun Christmas romp. No, yeah. it's with gonna be... some violence thrown is in. It? This is going to be like him, like crushing people's heads with like. Hey. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit gross. Yeah, but is this enough to revive Bruce Willis's career? Because let's just talk about it. Like Bruce Willis is not. When's the last time Bruce 
Willis made a, a film that was relevant. Uh, it's been a while. Probably, <laughs> probably I mean, his like. There's been a long you know, hiatus. Last ten seconds of the film cameo in Split is probably the biggest <laughs> is thing. That something okay that has happened to him in years. Well, every once in a while, like there's going to be a revival of the bald badass, and Bruce Willis has been that <laughs> revival know. of the bald badass. Yeah, I mean, like especially when they're, when they're cops. I mean, when he's sitting across the desk in the trailer from Hank from Breaking Bad, I'm just like, okay, yes, yes, yes. Two bald, bald, bald badasses <laughs> getting together talking about cop stuff, um, but. But I kind of got like the the feeling of uh, from the trailer uh, of the new Death Wish. Bruce Willis is in it. And he's a doctor, and there's like this like fugitive moment, like the Harrison Ford fugitive when he's like kind of helping out this sick kid. And I get that feeling that it's just I don't know. Fugitive was more more a believable doctor. It seems a little forced that he's a doctor in this movie, but I'll go with it. I like Eli Roth. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know it's it's a means to an end for a story kind of arc, so I don't know. I don't like this at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> at all. Low expectations, yes. You think this is the right climate for this? Like, oh, no. a like, <laughs> white, angry guy going around killing thugs? Yeah, um, no, not not at all. This is, this is gross, and... I don't even see like why this needs to be a thing. This there isn't I can't think of a movie that is less for me than this movie. Like I hate graphic violence. The, it, you wanting me to believe that Bruce Willis is a mild-mannered doctor who just loses it and goes bananas <laughs> and starts yeah. killing people? Like, no, no. Every time I see Bruce Willis, he's killing people. This isn't believable as like <laughs> yeah, a transition. Right? So, I'm so out on this movie. Like you couldn't pay me to see it. <laughs> also, the uh, that was good. The real remake of Death Wish was Fallen with Michael Douglas, and that was. Did you see? Do you remember Fallen with Michael Douglas? Oh yes, yes. So yeah, that, that I, was a dark I, film, but I, I I thought that that was the real remake of this film, and even that felt strange, especially when he was like harassing like store owners from other countries and you know wrecking the shop with baseball bats and stuff like it just the climate wasn't as bad then and the movie still felt a little off and a little uh not quite right yeah i I agree it definitely had some racist tones to it and And then now we've got this kind of current uh climate where uh xenophobia seems to be high we've got anti-immigration laws being passed and unknown uh, unknown we've got like we've enemies got, we've got a uh, police uh, brutality we've got black lives matter movement we've got you know, police on the other side talking about blue lives matter we've got uh kneeling football players who just we've got the las vegas shooting i mean this just doesn't feel like i mean this is a the terrible right, idea. Right. This feels like a terrible <laughs> well, yeah, idea. But, I in mean, my let's, opinion. Let's be honest. Eli Roth has probably been trying to make this for quite some time. So, I mean, it's sometimes it's bad timing. Um, a movie like his might not get in the works for a while because of other side project stuff. And he's still trying to, maybe he's still trying to stem out away from just horror genre. So, yeah, timing is everything. And this might not be the right time. But, I don't think it's yeah. been the right time for like 10 years. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not, ugh, I just, I hate everything about this and I hate <laughs> that they're making it. <laughs> like I'm going to hate when it makes a bunch of money too. Oh no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next we've got some news. Uh, Wonder Woman 2 director Patty Jenkins has said that Wonder, Wonder Woman 2 isn't really going to be uh, Wonder Woman 2. She also says that uh, 
I also read that she says that it's going to be, it's going to have all the things that you like about Wonder Woman 1, but it's going to do them very differently. At this point, I think Wonder Woman is the only good thing going on with DC. Uh They've even brought in a new person to helm the whole uh, DC uh, cinematic uh, universe. Jeff Johns is no longer the person uh, in charge of that, and they have hired somebody to be their Kevin Feige. Uh, both John Berg and Jeff Johns are stepping down as co-chairs of DC Films, and that uh, they're and they're being replaced by uh, Walter Hamada, uh, who's replacing them as the president of DC-based film production. Okay. And uh, Hamada comes from uh, New Line Cinemas of Warner Brothers, where he was part of the Conjuring films as well as It. Okay. So, do we think the person in charge of James Wan's Conjuring films and It? <laughs> Is the right person to be essentially the 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 Kevin Feige of DC? I mean, I don't think anything from those seems relevant, but managing something successfully is as positive as I can be because those movies. They, I mean, that seemed like it was going to be a thing and then over, and they just keep coming. So people like them; they're successful. And he clearly knows how to manage some kind of franchise, so I guess that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that he can manage. Good, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm hopeful as well, eighty one, because New Line Cinema, like when they had Peter Jackson, like making his small time movies, and then Frightened Ears, his kind of slasher movies, and then he goes into making Lord of the Rings, one of the biggest epics of our time. That was a huge gamble. I mean, sometimes you can never tell where a director comes from and what they're going to do, where they're going to really flourish. Hopefully this this person takes a good turn into this genre type. Yeah. So he really was the it guy to take over this project. Yeah, yeah we hope we hope so. And so we do know that Aquaman, of course, because it's like done shooting or whatever. Uh-huh. So Aquaman is coming out, Shazam is coming out, and Wonder Woman two, and those are the ones that are all coming out in twenty nineteen. And then Hamada is going to be in charge of uh what comes out after those three movies. And I know that some films have already been scrapped, I believe. So we'll see. Do you, do you think that the, the DCEU, like this Justice League stuff and all this, do you think this stuff can still survive? Do you think that the damage has, has already been done and like the trust is gone when it comes to DC? Uh, they're going to have to pull a little bit of a hanging dive, but... I mean, the trust is still there. There's a long viewer base, not viewer per se, but like the reader base that DC has. And yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that they can pull something like through with this. But it's it's a dangerous starting position to say the least. What do you think, Lady One? Well, Aquaman's gonna come out the end of December next year, and. I feel like there's a weird amount riding on that because you wouldn't normally expect Aquaman to be like the thing that's determining the success. But I really feel like if Aquaman bombs, that they might just like pull the whole deal and be like, okay, all the ones we're making, like we'll just continue, but but this is scrapped and it's all over. Like it sure. wouldn't surprise me at all. The way they rushed to film and to fix Justice League after Batman v Superman, they're they're so quick with their reactions that mm-hmm. I really feel like a bad Aquaman run could kill this whole thing. We'll see. A bad Aqua Thor? Water Thor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Aqua, bro. Um, 
<laughs> What's interesting about this to me, really, is that the DC movies have been uh, criticized for being too dark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet they got the guy who does, the guy who produced the Conjuring films and It <laughs> is the one coming in to be the savior of these movies. And you know, I feel kind of bad for poor uh, Jeff Johns because he was the one heading it up and he is an actual comic book writer. Mm. So I really don't know how he failed. I don't think it, it's it's him per se. I think it was oh, it's movie production. You know, it's Snyder. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it was the way these movies were were produced. I think it was Snyder. A mm. lot of it. It's funny. The more I think about Batman v Superman, Superman, the more I appreciate it for just how balls whacked out it is. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I start appreciating it more and more just for that reason okay right in line with this kind of uh, dc floundering especially with uh justice league doing so poorly is the fact that 2017 had the least ticket sales in 25 years hmm. that's crazy which seems crazy right like 25 years yeah and it had the second biggest movie of all time come out with uh last jedi like having that weekend and still that didn't even I guess, move the needle. That's crazy. I mean, um, I think... Maybe they didn't do the count until later. <laughs> I'm sure someone ran the numbers correctly. I have faith in them. But I think movie tickets, the sales being down is is the same as how you know people aren't going to sporting events like they used to. Um, everybody's got a big TV and a comfortable couch. And yeah. why? Why go? Well, the thing is, like, we used to say, like, back in the day when you didn't want to see in the movie in the theater, you'd be like, I'll wait for Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> and now you say, like, I'll wait for Netflix. Yeah. I'll wait for Which is day. actually default for I'll wait for Netflix or Amazon or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just you'll wait for one of the stream. Like, Netflix has also has almost become, like... Xerox or Kleenex mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. that is streaming yeah yeah it's, it's a name that's uh, but, a product or a line right. that's become synonymous so now yeah. we you know so now when you talk to somebody even even when you're in a theater and like a, a, a preview comes on and you give <laughs> you know whoever you're with a glance you know they'd be like like are we gonna see and, it or nah. what do you like, think ah, Netflix yeah. and they'll like literally <laughs> whisper Netflix yeah. to you Netflix you know, or Redbox. Right. Redbox. Right. Yeah. Redbox is like the other one. Redbox Red <laughs> is the, the Walgreens blockbuster machine. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is like ticket sales are so low. And uh, is that just here in the U.S.? Because, you know, Beauty and the Beast made $1.2 worldwide. Fate of the Furious made $1.2 worldwide. Last Jedi is at $1.2 Despicable Me 3 is at $1 billion. Spider-Man Homecoming is at 880 million. Even you know, Guardians 2, 863. Even Thor Ragnarok made 850 million dollars worldwide. Also, 25 years ago, they weren't getting those kind of international numbers. Right. So at home, maybe uh, studios are not making the coin that they were. But I think, and yes, I think probably some of it is you can Netflix it or mm -hmm. you can even, you know, people who illegally download, you can just wait and download it and just watch it on your Plex or something. So there are other, it's a lot easier to watch a movie now that, that you know, you, you can just wait for it and there's a million ways that you can watch it. Mm -hmm. But, and I think that's part of it. 
But I also think that studios are not hurting too no. badly because no, no, world, no, no, no. worldwide they're still making massive amounts of money. Yeah, and they're they're, they're taking that into consideration because they're thinking globally. They're trying to think of how much money they're going to make in the different markets. Yeah, they're they're putting they're even putting uh, uh, Chinese characters in movies like Rogue One. You know, they're definitely making movies for the international market, and uh, I don't think studios are hurting. I hope you know maybe you know. It's hard here because you know, movies cost so much, like mm-hmm. $12, $12. If you're a family of four, you know, you're spending $48 just to get in. Right. You, you, you buy some candy and stuff. You're suddenly like, this is like a $65 night to go see Coco. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so I think that's also a part of it. You know, you're going to wait and you're going to save your money for like a big blockbuster thing. You're not going to go to see an indie movie anymore unless you're some kind of like retired person going going to the matinee yeah or like you do yeah. a movie podcast or something or you do a movie podcast <laughs> and, yeah. and, and and you have to go see you know i tanya but like <laughs> no. but like <laughs> with pleasure <laughs> so or you have a movie pass and yeah. then you just spend ten dollars and you just go see everything <laughs> so, yeah uh more. yeah so uh moving on Speaking of movies that we did see, right along line with I, Tanya and all that, Shape of Water, which was actually my uh, pick for movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it. Katie saw it. Greg saw it. Katie did not see it. Nope. Still hasn't seen <laughs> the bestiality, but it's okay. I saw it. Greg saw it. Uh, let's saw go ahead it. and give it. Let's go ahead and give it a quick review together. I saw it in a uh, an indie theater. In a historic theater, amazing experience. I thought the movie was so good, visually outstanding. Plot that kept me feeling sad, Captivated. happy, yeah. grotesque feeling even at times. Challenged me in so many ways. I thought the humor, all the humor landed, all the heart landed, all of the suspense and fear landed. Like I had all the emotions during mm. Shape of Water, and that's why I gave it my best of the year. But, uh, Greg, what was your experience when you went to see Shape of Water? Oh, nothing to fix. It was... <laughs> I was I was transfixed. I'm, I'm going to quit that. Um, I, I, really, I really liked it. Now, I didn't realize how much I was going to like it because I'm a Michael Shannon fan, and I know how dark he can get, but also with a level of realistic portrayal that has like where you understand his perspective and i definitely got that but i still and he was dark in this yeah. like they, they they definitely let him get dark the movie was definitely uh a rated r yeah it had some graphic violence there were moments where michael shannon's wife just whips her boob out like i'm like out of nowhere you're like what well, like it just is, is that a thing <laughs> in like like the the late 50s kind of small town <laughs> Like kind but of I was I was just like like in in 2018 can can movies still do this like yeah. can you just whip a whip a boob out I don't know if you, <laughs> but like yeah so I was like wow this is rated R I actually didn't know it was rated R and I had to look and I also didn't know it was rated R because in front of me was seated a father who apparently brought his like what looked like 13 year old daughter Ooh. to see this to see this movie and more than once he buried his head in his hands. In like embarrassment and shame, while the daughter was Yikes. just like, Ugh. like they both were equally as uncomfortable. Ugh. 
Oh, yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, actually, and I found it hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I could, yeah, I could see how that would be hilarious to like a spectator. Um, I wasn't quite as young, but when I saw Thank You for Smoking with my parents, I, I didn't fully enjoy that experience. I was kind of hoping for something else, but that's a side, side thought. Uh, the Shape of Water for how it's got like the French music in it, how it's got like what you were talking about. Um, with like it challenging you that it kind of challenges you with your understanding of like how would you handle the situation would you fall in love with this type of uh, different creature who who has you like who fish, has your soul fish fish god fish god <laughs> what, <laughs> your amazon teach, teach, fish god teach me yeah. your ways yeah yeah so it's <laughs> it 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 definitely had me throughout. I thought there was a whimsy and a worry to it. And I, I guess those are the only things I can really think of that really just had me captivated. I didn't realize it was going to be like a dance of a movie. I thought I was going to be able to start seeing where the story was going to go, but I really didn't. Um, but I also felt no, like it No, no, because it goes all the way. Ooh. And speaking of all the way, what kind of animal god would something have to be for you to have sex with it? Uh, I'm thinking, okay, all right, <laughs> this is just off the cuff here, but oh dear. Uh, <laughs> since we're going there, um, uh, something that helps me not feel like this is as bad, it would have to be like a big bird, something. <laughs> a big bird? <laughs> No, so not Big Bird. Big Bird, oh, big bird no. from Sesame no. Street. I'm Jesus, hearing Big Bird. You can't no, change no, that out. No, 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 not Big Bird. <laughs> nope, you right. said Big Bird. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own that one. <laughs> big Bird, hit me up. <laughs> this is like Sesame Street Corner. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's working. Oh, man. Oh, big I Bird's I said working. A Big Bird, but I guess I said Sesame Street. <laughs> I get Big I Bird's like, this is my block. I'm like, <laughs> Pushing all the other birds out. Oh, um, oh. All right, so you would make love to a giant bird bird god if you had to. Uh, yes, a, a, a giant bird god uh, in front of Big Bird, just to make him jealous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. yeah, that's it. What about you, Katie? Like, uh, uh, yeah, no. What's your animal? What's your animal um. god? Uh, I'm sorry, but in the immortal words of Lucille Bluth, I don't understand the question and I won't respond to it. Um, that's just that's just too weird. And I didn't see this. So I guess seeing this movie puts you in a mindset where you start wondering like what your thing is. So uh, I'm, I'm not aware I have a thing yet. So sorry. Mm. But what about you, okay. JC? Mm. I'm trying to think of like an animal that is kind of sexy. Tiger. Tiger be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Greg, you just you did not, a, you did not just see that. Yeah, Tiger. No, we did. He, he was all tiger over my microphone. <laughs> he had there was like Bruce, a literal tiger that just jumped on <laughs> Greg's lap, right as he was talking about a tiger being a good uh, animal sex god. Right, so. It's very ironic. Oh no! I'm thinking this was. Uh. It's like a an animal that's pretty sexy. Yeah, like kind of like a I guess like a I guess like a jaguar or something, or maybe like a, a sloth because I like to take it nice and slow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, that. So anyway, <laughs> so obviously, shape water they take it all the way. Um, but this movie was 
was amazing. Uh, let's move on to another quick review. This Netflix movie seems to be very polarizing. The movie Bright. Did anyone else check out Bright? I didn't get around to it yet, but I saw started uh, seeing it from some of my friends. Um, like they were posting that they were watching it like on Snapchat and on other things. Yeah. And I was getting some mixed responses. So I'm still, yeah. it's in yeah. my list. I'll get to it. They, they've already greenlit Bright 2. Right. Uh, which I'm fine with. Um, once you get past how hokey it is and how like <laughs> orcs are like thugs and like uh, th- see the plot like the one guy is like the fir- the character played by joel edgerton is the first orc cop mm-hmm. so he's seen as like a traitor largely but then they f- this little elf girl comes to them and she has like a magic wand and then everyone's trying to get this magic wand and it's real dangerous and there's all this prophecy and going on and magic and elves and they all live in the same really uh weird gritty like la universe yeah and 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 martin lawrence doesn't show up anywhere fingers crossed for bright too yeah (laughs) i mean bright too that that just like the like bad boys Reteaming would be amazing. It, it would. It would. It's, it's a. Yeah. It's his next partner, <laughs> and he and he's an orc. Yeah. He's, so this, yeah. So this is like gangster Lord of the Rings. It's like Lord of the Blings, mm. and it's yeah. It's on. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to do this review to make that joke. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> it's once you like settle down and go, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and accept this absurd world. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, despite some of the terrible dialogues there are some terrible lines in this thing i fully blame uh max landis for some of the the cheesy bullshit but they at least did craft a decent world and uh uh david ayer was definitely up up to the task of uh directing this movie and i th- i think think he excels at this gritty la stuff anyway yeah. um so i think okay. it was the, the kind of the perfect thing for him. It was both in his wheelhouse and out of his wheelhouse because it was gritty LA cop story, but then there was like fairies and magic and craziness like that. But I thought it was better than what some of the critics were saying. Like, it's not great. Yeah. It definitely belongs on Netflix, I feel. But as far as spending like an evening watching something, I was fine with watching Bright. And okay. that's how I feel about it okay. review wise. Okay. Uh let's move on to the segment we've all been waiting for. We are going to screen fix. Drum roll, please. Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Maybe I'll play like a little bit of like the trailer or some sound effects. Yeah, try for that. Maybe I'll get maybe I'll get crazy with it. Or you can play the um, Welcome to the Jungle song. Yeah, right we'll there. get Axl Rose Welcome on board. To the ju- no, I'm gonna do the like. <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna do the Jack Black going. I like Kenny even this place right now. <laughs> um, so anyway, all of us love Jumanji. We all saw it. Oh, yes. And love we gave our review original. of Jumanji. Did we give a review of Jumanji? We did, right? The On trailer? On previous episode? No, I think it came out at a weird time and we missed it. So we love Jumanji. Let's first quickly talk about what we loved about Jumanji. And then we're going to go in. And even though we loved it, we're going to fix it. Because no film is without you know its own little flaws and even a movie that's good can probably be better and besides it's just fun to do this so what do you like about jumanji the best katie i really was not expecting much from it to be honest um i don't typically see movies with the rock or kevin hart <laughs> like it's just not my my usual and we were going to the movies i was going with all my family and we were gonna we were deciding between the darkest hour and the post 
And at the last minute, like crazy left turn, and we ended up in Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. And I was pleasantly surprised. It was very funny. The plot just kept moving. It was just a good time. There was adventure. There was like cool um, effects. You know, you were definitely immersed in this world. And um, everyone was hilarious. So I very much enjoyed myself. Yeah, I actually thought the same thing. I thought it was a pleasant surprise, a fantastic way to spend, you know, a weekend uh, afternoon. And right, the cast just seemed so game for it, didn't they? Yeah, they were all in. Yeah, the cast was very game for it. And you love movies like that where the cast just feels bought in completely. And I was pleasantly surprised by everybody in it. Jack Black steals that movie because he is playing a <laughs> like disinterested, self-absorbed teenage girl, mm-hmm. you know, in the body of pudgy Jack Black. So he has to act. <laughs> so he has to act. He has to be Jack Black as a self-absorbed teenage girl, and he steals it with every line he says. I The Rock is fine. Uh, Kevin Hart's Kevin Harding. Oh yeah, uh, Kevin Harding Good. is hard out. Um, and I was actually really pleasant, surpri- pleasantly surprised by Karen Gillan. Like, mm-hmm. I've only really had experience with her as Nebula Same. Uh, in Guardians. So I really didn't expect anything from her. In fact, I thought she was kind of a weak actress. And then, I-, I don't know, like this movie must have been just the perfect thing for her because I loved every bit of her performance as awkward teenage girl in Mm -hmm. an action badass heroine's body yeah yeah she nailed it yeah and you're right like the plot was fine i was on board with it and i had a great time with it It, it's like it almost felt like even though it took place in a in a video game it felt like a good throwback adventure movie that they don't make anymore yeah and i loved that about it greg well i didn't see it but you what i can say is (laughs) for expectations from seeing the trailer and loving the original and and really having the original scare me when I was a kid. I, I like how this is kind of turned over. It's like a, it's like a video game. So my, my take on it from hearing like the reception that I've heard lately, all positive responses, hearing that like from you guys that the cast was totally on board and then watching the trailer and laughing out loud a couple of times. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Greg, next time just lie and say you saw it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Wait, so wait, me... call me Mustachio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mustachio, lie and say you saw it and twirl your Mustachio. Anyway, right now we're going to fix Jumanji. So, so spoilers. What do you got? So spoilers right here. All right. And Katie, can you just quickly, what was the plot of Jumanji? Can you go through it? So Jumanji starts off, well, The general overall plot is it is four high school kids in 2016 get sucked into this video game of Jumanji and they must beat the game to get out. Um, Otherwise, they're going to be stuck in that game forever. So um, that's the basic plot. Forever. Forever. You can't can't have that. That that sounds like terrible. (laughs) But it starts with um, we get the flashback to um the board game from the original movie uh washing up in the water and then it goes into a kid's room um 
like somebody brings it into his room. It's 1996. He's playing video games and the board game turns into a video game. It just, it's magic. So it just does. And then. uh, Because essentially like the board game is like, wait a minute, he's not going to play me. Right. It's 1996 (laughs) and board games are lame. Yeah, it's true because (laughs) the kid kid takes the board game, he puts it on his his dresser and he just keeps playing board games. So the Jumanji game's like, wait a minute, which, which, which means like, Man, the board game is powerful. Yeah, yeah. it's a very the forward game thinking. The game is sentient, and it changed <laughs> into a 1996 video game. And then he wakes up to the drums, and then he plays it, and that's where we start. Yeah, and he get well, he gets sucked in into into the game, and you're yeah. like, all right. Yeah. And you then just see the green so glow. if Jumanji changes throughout the ages, what was Jumanji in like like the ancient Rome? Exactly. It was like. <laughs> I actually was was intrigued. I'm like, oh, interesting. The kid won't play the book because I I thought it was just gonna show up as a video game, right? Like we weren't so even I, gonna yeah. acknowledge that the other had right. Happened. So I thought that was actually yeah. very very clever that was cool. to be like, oh, the kid ignored the board game, mm-hmm. and Jumanji realized it had to adapt. Yes, I liked that. That was cool. Yeah, some games need to adapt. Like Monopoly seems pretty dated now. <laughs> Like maybe, <laughs> yeah. Monopoly's just getting stamped out as like a new, you know, different type of adaptation or interpretation every every single like turn of the aisle at the at the like the Target or something. I, I think the worst games that just get like rebranded over and over are like uh, Risk. Yep. Like Risk is just like Star Wars Risk, Lord of the Rings Risk. <laughs> yep. This they just yep. change the risk, risk for people each time. who love coffee. It's a <laughs> yeah. coffee plantation <laughs> risk. Yes. Java like, Risk. Wow, they have but like coffee in Singapore. Okay. Yeah, they're like Game of Thrones Risk, and that one just changes over and over. Yeah. Um, but Monopoly, I wonder what they could do. Like Wolf of Wall Street Monopoly. Ooh, that'd be good. Or like. <laughs> Where it's like I don't know, you pick up drug cards. Yeah, ludes. Yeah, instead of yeah, ludes. Yeah, you actually. The like little pieces are like the little little the little the little iron little pieces you can use are like yeah. quaaludes. Oh gosh, yeah. Nude woman, yacht. <laughs> that's th- th- those are the those are the little bronze things. Oh, uh, Jonah Hill's penis is one of the bronze little pe- little and, iron and pieces. And that's you the can one use. that nobody wants. Like it was the hat in regular Monopoly, <laughs> yes. but in this one, nobody wants that. Yeah, and the ludes, yeah, yeah. the ludes is is like the car or something. Yeah, that's what everybody oh, fights over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. So it continues on, and then Katie, what what's the plot? Um. So these four different quote unquote different high school kids because you know how you have to have one from each stereotype group we've got the jock we've got the princess we've got the nerd and then we've got like the freak it's breakfast club and um (laughs) nice it is it and there's nothing wrong with that like follow and they're in detention directions yes they all get detention for various reasons and uh mark evan jackson is there as the principal and i love him um and he their detention is to pull all the staples out of all the magazines and um, so they can be recycled or something. And they're clearing out a room um, at the school and they find this 1996 Jumanji video game that somehow made it from that kid's house to the school. I guess they donated it or something and they find it and it's cool and retro and like, I don't know, let's just plug it in and, and just do this. And they plug it in, they choose their characters and into the game they go. Yeah, and then they realize that they're in the, the in the in the game. They've got little bars on their arm that is their three lives. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, they they each have certain uh skills. <laughs> um 
They all they both have strength strengths and weaknesses uh, that are uh, comical. Some of them can be comical. Uh, Kevin Hart's character, his uh, weakness is strength. (laughs) <laughs> which was funny because yeah. they made a joke like my weakness is strength like, <laughs> so that was that was pretty funny so yeah. and and they all of course are very they're both very different characters from who they are in in real life you know the awkward guy is so and so brave stone or whatever yeah. the big jock is a really short guy who is known as being like lovable and you know cuddly or whatever. The self-absorbed girl is a guy is is a kind of pudgy guy, a uh, map map reader. And uh, the freak is a badass uh, uh, man killer, martial art. Yeah, her name. <laughs> she's a yes, man she's uh, a man killer. And you know they have to essentially get through this game together. And get to the end. They actually, and they actually, you know, as they're working through the game, they do run into a character played by a Jonas brother. Yeah. Was that Nick? Nick Jonas. Played by Nick Jonas, who is the original guy who was sucked into the game. Mm-hmm. And they have to join up with him as well. And they have to return this jewel to this like jaguar head yeah. or something. And that's how they will win the game and they will return home. Yes. So how about some fixes so the movie was was good we both really like this movie very good what do you have do you have any ways though that this movie could be improved yes fixed if you will (laughs) screen fixed if you will i got i got some screen fixes um the first step is in casting and maybe don't cast a 30 year old man to play a high school student um (laughs) (laughs) you're referring to the football player yeah you have to be 30 years old like that actor is 30 years old. He is only in like three scenes the whole movie. <laughs> so you can't tell me that there wasn't like a 20-year-old kid capable of doing this. So just <laughs> just for context, because I had to look it up because while I was watching it, I was like, no, no, that's a man. What is happening? <laughs> Why is he wearing a letter jacket? He's, yeah, like that's, his birthday is March 10th, 1987. He is closer to the age of the kid in 1996 who gets sucked yeah. into the game than yeah. these kids playing it in high school in 2016. Exactly. He actually remembers <laughs> the original movie. They, they don't. Like, what? It just, it was, again, only in a couple scenes. So like, I really shouldn't be this bothered by it. But the first time we see him, he's talking to his mom. And I was like, is that his mom or is that his wife? Because he's a grown man. <laughs> like, <laughs> How many times has that kid been held back? <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I, I get that they want you to see the difference between the nerd Simon and the jock Fridge. And, like, they used to be friends, but now he's too cool for him. But but there's, you know, they're cool-looking 20-year-old dudes. I watch college football. Like, you don't need to cast a 30-year-old man. So that's <laughs> They used to be <laughs> friends until the parents found out. Now there's a restraining order. <laughs> right? Like, no, you can't hang out with that 30-year-old man. You're in high school. Yeah, um, <laughs> questionable choosing. It's a good one. From, right, good one. from right. the casting there, like, what was that? That's one good fix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny because one of my fixes is also kind of character-based. Mm-hmm. I liked all the characters, but I actually thought the weakest one, honestly, was uh, the Rock's character. And I thought that was because they didn't give uh, the original kid much of a character other than... So he did his old friend's homework, mm-hmm. 
and played video games. Yeah, that's it. That sounds like a normal kid. <laughs> like yeah. normal kids play video games and might do a friend of theirs' homework, you know, right. and, and like even an old friend of theirs. I thought that they needed to give him more of a character flaw. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. well, I mean, is uh that that bravery would help him overcome. I actually thought it should be more obvious. So Sure, sure. My fix actually was to give him something like a nervous stutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be very obvious. Like he needed a very obvious char- character trait. Um, yeah, so, they gave so him I, allergies, I, which you can't sure. do anything with. Or some, He's like, or oh, something. I don't have them now. Yeah, so allergies. Yeah, so <laughs> I thought maybe they should. And it, it, it would have been fun to watch Dwayne Johnson nervously stutter yeah. through scenes. Like it, it just would have been more uh, character. I agree. And totally. also like his weaknesses was his weakness was nothing that was awesome <laughs> no i didn't think that was awesome i thought you know supposed to be like a video game universe he needed they all needed at least something his couldn't have been you know bad but like that bad but it, it there needed to be some weakness there like nothing it would have been funny if his weakness was like super minor you know that that would have been funny but i thought okay you get his weakness is nothing like it's just I don't know. Like that's also taking away even more character away from that, you know, like taking away even even more character uh, possibilities away from uh, Dwayne Johnson's character. I thought he did the best with what he had. Oh, yeah. Which was him being like, I'm scared. Not showing the group he's scared, but, you know. Pumping himself up under his breath. Right. Being self-conscious. Yeah. yeah. He did. He did well. But I, I thought if he had something something bigger to conquer, like and something that would have given the rock you know more of a meaty character to chew on mm-hmm. and i thought like nervous stutter would have been great because then he would have done that and then when the time came he doesn't have it and you're like oh yay character character arc you know right right if he like let's say when they get out of the game because spoiler they beat the game and make it out if he gets out and he doesn't have the stutter anymore because he's gone through that experience like that's yeah. that's perfect yes Yes, like but instead he just kind of walks up and kind of nervously talks to the girl again. Yeah, he, he left <laughs> uh, the yeah. game with the confidence to talk to a girl that nobody talks to. So no competition <laughs> there. Um, yeah. It, they're, they're and they've already more. like admitted their feelings. I actually right. thought that they should never have admitted their feelings in the in the game. And it was always this like kind of tense thing. But when when they're done with the game, that's when they like... He has the confidence to go do it mm-hmm. now. Now that he's been through these, they're all changed for the for the better. Right. What's really cool is the 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 self absorbed Jack Black girl. You know, she was like, "I'm gonna go travel the world and whatever." That's fine, but I wish I had seen more, like more of a let's travel the world and do something humanitarian. I thought that would have been maybe maybe the full arc of her selfish character would have been to. Uh, not just travel, but to travel and do something that is selfless. So that's my other fix uh, would have been with that character. Because for a redemption. Right. I feel like they they all needed that very clear change in their character. Football guy just what became nice to his friend like that's yeah <laughs> was that his well, was, change he wasn't more humble because he was vertically challenged in the video game no, no right he so just his realized he should be nice to his friend 
That's it. <laughs> That's it. Not he should have like been a football player, but really wanted to be something else, maybe. Oh. Ooh. And when he, and and when he comes back out of the game, perhaps he decided to pursue that other thing. Well, I mean, that would be Breakfast Club all over again because the football player doesn't want to be the football player. <laughs> they couldn't use that, right? So many similarities. <laughs> Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club was just Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle without the game. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my fix for that. I just thought that things should have been a little clearer. The quote unquote free mm-hmm. girl also doesn't really get any change afterwards other than kid kid with the mole kisses her. Well, I think she has her, there's not really much to demonstrate her change and her character issue that they address in the game because hers is that she's just, She's a loner because she's afraid of people not liking her. And there's not really a way to show that um, because it is still high school. You don't just like walk up to a group of people that you've never talked to and just become friends with them. So, Or maybe when he approaches her, he approaches her coming out of like theater practice or like even some kind of like sporting practice, something where she's got to talk to to interact with people. Because I, I, I feel like the whole point of going in the game and being different than yourself was to change yourself and come out the other side differently. Not just I've come out the other side and now me and this girl are going to kiss. I, I thought there should have been more of a clear character change after they all come back. That's my main fix is just to fix the endings of these characters so that they come out the other side, you know, changed in very clear and more more profound ways than what we got. Do you have another fix? I Lady sure Wong? do. Yeah. Um, so when they meet Alex in the game, they realize it's him relatively quickly. And That's the Nick Jonas, correct? Right. That's Nick Jonas. He's there. He's the pilot in the game. So he's been there since and 1996. Just- yeah, and just clarify, he's 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 the original person that gets sucked in. Right. right. So um, he gets sucked into the game in 1996, and they come across him at a certain point in the game that they've gotten to. And he's been stuck at that point for what he tells them is two months, but it turns out it's actually been 20 years that he's been in there. But they realize it's him because he says jiggy and, like, other 90s <laughs> terms. <laughs> the um, bomb. That's how they realize that it's him. And, of course, they ask and, like, confirm and everything. Um, so that that's fine. Like, yeah, you know, you talk that way when you're a kid. You use the, the trendy lingo for the time. But then afterwards, when they all get out of the game, they come across him later. He has gotten out of the game at the point in time when, when he got sucked in. So he gets spat out of the game in his room in 1996 and nothing has changed. And he lives his whole life and then comes across them in 2016. And he's still saying like 90s terms like he's still using his high school lingo. he should <laughs> he no. says like i'm stoked to see you guys he says i'm stoked doesn't yeah. he? Like, i I'm think so but like i don't say hella anymore but everybody when i was in high school said stuff was hella this or hella that like i don't call people peeps or refer to my parents as my rents <laughs> i left that behind when i left high school behind so why <laughs> is he still saying this like it just felt like I get it. I know that's him. Like it kind of, they're beating us over the head with the fact that that's the same kid. I thought that was a little silly, a little insulting. I was like, I know it's him. He's also, he's wearing a Metallica shirt after he told us he's a total metal head when in the game. So like, we get it. Also, there's no way that like the way that they reunite later is these four kids come walking down his street Mm -hmm. and he just 
without anyone saying a word, knows it's them. Yeah. And I'm like, he has no way of knowing. I mean, that these all he knows at that point is they must have gotten out where they got in, which would be the entire year of 2016. That's all the knowledge he has. So it was every day in 2016 where he saw a group of four kids where he was like, oh shit. And he was just being weird to like groups of four kids. <laughs> like, we don't know. Oh, no. Like, it makes sense that they went to his, they went to his house. So they know it's him when they see him, but he shouldn't know that it's them right away. He has so many restraining orders at that point. He just keeps harassing kids (laughs) all over the place. Is it, is it you? Yeah. um, I thought that was very odd the way he totally knew who those random four kids were walking towards him. Um, it was a little weird. Like they could have like approached him and he's like, who the heck are, you know, they could have done something funny with it. Yeah. I mean, and I did think it was great that, you know, she, because um, obviously uh, Jack Black's character, the girl, the surf, the self-absorbed character had a crush on him. Yeah, because he was Nick when, Jonas. When, he was totally when, dreamy. When he was, <laughs> <laughs> like to go from Nick Jonas to Colin Hanks. Is, like, <laughs> like, is that a letdown? Well, I guess to be fair, Nick Jonas was the avatar. Like he wasn't. He wasn't Nick Jonas dreamy in real life. He was just a regular 90s kid who was really into Metallica and video games and jiggy. (laughs) (laughs) And getting jiggy. (laughs) Which doesn't make any sense because like if you're into Metallica, are you going to say jiggy? I I think those are two different kids from 1996. It's Yeah, he's basically just like a mix of like every 1996 kid, no matter what they were into. Mm -hmm. But she was into him. So, you know. I was like, this could go a few different ways. I was like, I really hope he doesn't abandon his wife and kids and take off with this young girl. <laughs> this high school girl who's now open to more worldly experiences. <laughs> who's ready to travel. Right? She's like, take me but, away with you. So I have no... So I didn't like the way that they met, and I felt like that could have been fixed. But one thing I did like in the movie that did not need fixing was that he named his daughter after her that was and he's like the girl that saved my life that was yeah that was really good that was really sweet and i liked that and i got a brief feel oh the feels from this stranger next to me it was really oh yeah (laughs) no No. but (laughs) i got a a clammy hand or something (laughs) (laughs) no did you feel it too yeah so that is um a fix that i have do you have any more any more fixes? I have one. I have like a half fix. So okay, the thing that they were trying to do, like to beat the game, is they need to put the gem back in the mountain because the the game is the problem is someone has blinded the jaguar. Someone is uh, Bobby Cannavale plays the villain. He's the new Van Pelt, so he's still a Van Pelt guy. He's still bad, but it's a totally different thing from from the uh, original Jumanji. And so they said that when he took the gem, then he controls all the animals in Jumanji. But like, then they have the gem and they don't control any of the animals. So I guess the rule was if you take it down, now you can control them, but you no longer need to hold on to it. And I just, I, it wasn't super clear to me, like, at first for a second, I thought that meant that they were in control of everything because they had this gem on them. But that was not at all true. He was still in control and they just had to make it up the mountain to put the gem back. And I don't know, like also why did it only have one eye? Like there should have been two gems, you know, like, 
Like I don't I don't have a solid fix for it, but like I right. wasn't really following the game logic at first. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good I didn't even think about that and that's absolutely true. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now I'm like, man, was this movie as good as I thought? It was so good. It was <laughs> the thing fun. Is, it, yeah, it was still very, very fun yes. and very funny. I have um, my other big fix. So I kind of wanted to fix the high school kids. <laughs> but but their characters within the game, their skills were never utilized that well. You know, It was more about their weaknesses than their strengths. Yeah. It's That's high school. like... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see like the map reader Mm -hmm. most of the time jack black was just telling them where they are like (laughs) they didn't they didn't need him to get anywhere they would just go walking like like a little bit and they'd pick the map and be like we're in the this area and then something would start chasing them and that that was it there was no real use beyond telling them where they already are it's not like she gave any concrete info either she was just like he she was just like (laughs) we're in uh the you know ambiguous uh, description and then all of a sudden motorcycles would come jumping over the hill and you're like all right so mm-hmm. her her skills never really got used that the the map skills didn't come into play that much i actually thought it w- that they should have gotten uh, separated from him at some point and then they didn't have the map and it would have been useful if they did but also uh, Kevin Hart with the uh, item bag. I thought he was going to reach in there and pull out some really awesome stuff mm. uh, for them to use, like some really creative stuff because he had the item bag. But he never really pulled anything really great out of the item bag. So I really don't know why he had to be the item bag holder. Uh, at one point, he puts a knife in it. I just really didn't think that that was, that that was utilized much, the item bag. I thought it'd be really neat if he pulled out something like absurd but useful. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that, that that would have been really great. Yeah, a little bit more video game logic to it where you're presented with right. a tool and you know based on playing the game this is the tool you have to use but it doesn't make sense yet. So just mm-hmm. living in the world they built a little bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. yeah, and like uh, the character, the uh, the man, man killer <laughs> uh, character, which was just great. I But she had that one skill, um, dance fighting. <laughs> But yeah. it didn't seem like she wasn't really dance fighting. She was more like just dancing and then fighting. Yeah, like she there would was dance no dance and then fight and then dance and then yeah. fight. Whereas <laughs> I I thought it was gonna be like fluid with it. I thought she was gonna be <laughs> dancing and when she like dipped, you know, or something, her foot would kick up and kick somebody in the head, and then she'd keep on dancing. I I thought it was gonna be more funny dance fighting but it basically was just her beating the shit out of people yeah to to a song on her boombox yeah like that's all it was it wasn't <laughs> there wasn't any real dance fighting uh and what was her song that she always dance fought to baby i love your way it was yes <laughs> Ooh, baby i love your way <laughs> what who picked that i don't who dance fights to that? I mean, like, why not? I can it's, barely it's dance to that. Yeah, I period. Was, I, I mean, it's 1996, right? I, I guess, kind of, is where I'm, where I was thinking. Like, I wanted some jock jams. Like, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she would like <laughs> kick their ass. That's what I call music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, the dance fighting was was a little odd too. I, I I thought that could have been. I thought that skill could have been fleshed out better. And then Dwayne Johnson, like he, it just he got the short end of the stick because 
Like his skill was just being, being Dwayne Johnson. Being Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So, Given that eyebrow. like you um, you you could almost mm-hmm. fix that by doing anything. <laughs> like anything at all. Uh to give him more to uh, give him like an actual real skill rather than like I'm strong. Yeah, he's know? just good at everything. He's just he's the easy character to play on because like right. there are no real challenges. And those are, those are basically my fixes mm-hmm. for Jumanji. Those are my screen screen fixes. We have do you have any, any more? No. Nope. We have screen fixed Jumanji. Applause. Are y'all ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have uh, uh, any uh, closing thoughts, Greg? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, um, uh, I'm I'm still I'm still like a little flushed over the Big Bird thing. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, my my mustache is is uh, is, is fallen. <laughs> How about you, Katie? Any any last ones? Any last thoughts? Um. Well, I. Uh... I get, not really. I mean, I got Movie Pass, so I'm I'm about to have a Whoa. whole lot more opinions. If you You're could believe it, <laughs> is this whole Screen Fix crew gonna have Movie Pass? I mean, Mustachio. Otherwise, it's fiscally irresponsible what we're doing. <laughs> Can't go to the movies all the time and pay like fourteen bucks a pop. <laughs> I know. I'm already paying Criterion too. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with that. Anyway. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Screen Fix. We can be found where, Greg? We can be found at Stitcher and iTunes and uh, let's see. What else? Are we on Spotify? And mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. And, Ooh. Uh, Ooh, Google Play. And uh, Lady Wan, where can you contact us? So you can tweet us at Screen Fix Pod. And you can also- And thank you, JoJo, oh, for doing so. Thanks, JoJo. Hope you're feeling better. Thanks, JoJo. I saw your tweet from the other day that you weren't feeling too well. So hopefully you're on the mend. Um, and, uh, if you have questions or, um, things you want us to talk about, email us at screenfixpod at gmail.com. And please, on whatever tool you use to listen to podcasts, if you can rate, review, and subscribe, we would definitely appreciate it. We also have a Patreon account. And if you would like to, uh, throw us any, uh, donation, uh, that goes towards, uh, our equipment. I did have a hard drive crash <laughs> last episode, which made last episode so weird. Uh, you know, yeah, it does cost money to produce the podcast, and we would love to keep on producing this for you. We also have dreams to open our own one screen uh, indie theater, which would be the home of Screen Fix Ooh, podcasts, yeah. as well as uh, little film film festivals and other fun film activities. And if you do donate, you do get. Uh, a free film uh, a year for life at the theater um yeah thank you so much for listening to screen fix we will be back with an episode another episode next week peace out i hate peace out oh god i say the dumbest stuff to to send us off